Welcome, lovely, loyal listeners, to another episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, constantly reuniting Kuroke lovers circa 2023. Joined, as always, by my effervescent co-host... Dan Ryan. Hmm. You know, just a simple man trying to rig up a rocket-powered minecart to see how far it can take me. Oh my god. You know, I strapped one to the back of a Kuroke and it went... <laughs> it went <laughs> somewhere where Karok should not have gone. That's why they. That's why they got the big backpacks. You can send them into hyperspace. Oh if my you god! Want to. <laughs> that right arm of yours belongs to me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyways, another episode of anime was not a mistake. Not watching anime, maybe depending on one of Dan's selections. There is an animated movie in the pot. Okay. Uh, but this is not anime proper. It is our Sinister Six special where we take a look at a good bad movie and we make some japes on it. Yes. Uh, but before we begin, Dan, of course, it's been another week. Any anime life adjacent news to bring to the table? Um. Well, one thing that I did follow this week, aside from the big one that we'll save for last, yes, yes. Uh, some casting rumors have been happening about Superman Legacy, uh, so I forget the name of the kid who's up for Superman, because he's a very new actor, mm. uh, but paired with him would be Nicholas Holt as uh, as Lex Luthor. Well, this is fortune, um, smiles upon us, but continue. We know that Holt can play a dick when yep. he needs to. Always. And people An were... People were putting mock-ups of his meaner expressions next to Lex. Uh, Currently and in Renfield, where I don't think he plays a dick. No, no, not at no. all. Um, but I think good choice. I believe Lois Lane's actress was also rumored. Mm. Um, but she certainly seems to fit the part. And I, I don't... They all look younger. They all look fresh-faced. Uh, with, of course, Nicholas, like being slightly older because that's how lex has to be is this a film is this a tv yeah, series? A film oh, okay this is this is superman legacy this is james gunn's reboot know. of yeah. uh because uh, for anyone at home who doesn't remember <laughs> and my co-host included nope um after what feels like three years of trials and tribulations they're finally putting that fucking flash movie into theaters at some point Ooh. soon uh after ezra miller's reign of terror in hawaii finally subsided uh, he that that Flash movie is coming out, and I, from the looks of it, it resets the timeline. So then there's an Aquaman movie, which I don't know what anyone's doing oh with. Oh my goodness! Then Blue Beetle happens, which mm-hmm. is set in the new 
timeline. I hear good things about that one. Trailer looked very good. Oh, there's a trailer? I didn't know about that. Yeah, there was one trailer, and it, it, it looked okay. Mm. And then we start to get into the other material that, that they've been prepping for this new timeline. Like the new setup of, uh, you know, Vi- Viola Davis and her Amanda Waller character. Mm-hmm. And all those associated characters, what, they, what, what they're doing in this new timeline. And then... We should get the Superman legacy. Yeah. Um, you know, and there there were, with like a handful of other things mixed in there, I, I know that there was like the the Creature Squad or something like that. Like James Gunn is pulling from a bunch of obscure comic books to, to have things to show us. Mm. Um, and, but Superman legacy will be the big starting point in there. New actors across the board. The film has also promised to show that other superheroes are currently active in this new timeline to tease, uh, you know, what's going on. And then I think we're having, like, a Batman the Brave and the Bold movie to kind of, you know, probably showcase him working with a few of the other active heroes and the thing. So it's a start of a new era. If they can only pull it off, it will be the start of a new era for them. So we'll see what happens. Well, I'm happy for you. Well, uh, until we see the final reserve, I am. Like I, said, I will I'll wait it's for you. DC, yeah. so I'll always be worried. Yeah, but, yeah, but you yeah. know, you love a, a Superman. I do. Yeah. I do love Superman almost as much as an ooh. Who could tell what you love more? Yeah, a super ooh would yeah. be top tier. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, alas. Uh, in keeping on the Nicholas Holt train, if I may, mm-hmm. uh, season three of The Great just dropped. I just forced you to watch fifteen minutes of an episode of season three, and it's it's constant quality. The internet is surprising in that they're like, "How did this show get three seasons?" Mm-hmm. I think it's consistent across the board. I understand what it is. Looking at it for three seasons, um, I just realized with you that they film in the same rooms over and over again, mm-hmm. and they give us the same old petty drama, but with, like, a comedic flair. I I like it! Uh, Elle Fanning herself went on Twitter and said, like, she wished she could have been in the menu in place of Anya Taylor-Joy because she was offered that role, mm-hmm. but she had to film this season of The Great, so there was, like, a, a Twitter debacle that I saw or witnessed uh, this week that they're like, oh, Elle Fanning! She was robbed this movie. I'm like, but Anya did a fine job in the menu as well. We can't be against Anya. Not on this podcast. Never. Never against Anya. She's Princess Peach. (laughs) She is Princess Peach. And she's she's Last Night in Soho, too. Mm -hmm. I saw... That movie feels so old, but like... I Listen, I look at the poster every day. I remember when we watched it. What a classic. I, uh... (laughs) Should we return? You know, a peek into my life. Whenever I leave to record, I always... Put the TV on for my dog. Oh, uh, was last night in Soho on? No, but it was um, being advertised. A, you alongside... know, it's a fine bad movie. <laughs> no, it is, but it was being advertised alongside like new, uh, like dropping television series, oh. like Succession and stuff like that. Huh. And it was like we have Succession where the family line is a da da da, and then this where murder makes the difference between, and then. A time loop sends a young girl on a mysterious adventure. Mm. That's not what happens in Last Night in Soho. Well, it kind of does, but it's more of a dream. (laughs) Yeah, it's a ghost story, if anything. Well, no one really knows what Last Night in Soho is. But they're advertising it. They're, They're still trying to get new eyes on it, so... Gotta cross our fingers for Last Night in Soho too. <laughs> oh, I would, I would hope, I would pray because the more I watch that movie, the more I love that movie. Yeah, yeah of course, it's not that bad. Just like my picks today, but watch the grade if you're a fan of it. Keep it up. I'm glad that a, a series is going more than two seasons. 
Mm-hmm. So we'll keep it going as long as it's quality. And so far, it seems to be. Competent actors all around. Uh, next on my list, uh, so there's been some unfortunate Broadway news. Yes. That we knew was coming a long time. Unfortunately, Bad Cinderella will be closing this June. I know, hold back your tears. Hold back your <laughs> your fist in the yeah, air. They can't see it, but a lady in the teeth. studio just fainted, so. Ah, uh, I mean... Compared to what the bootleg showed in London, this production was not that bad, as mm-hmm. I've said. No, yeah, no, it warmed you. you yeah, it, yeah. I definitely, I mean, it's not a good musical by any means, but it got, it had a lot of problems in the marketing. Like, there were some lines released, they they kept putting out uh, clips of, like, the official production, which usually is, like, a show's last go in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll show you full clips. They streamed the ball of Act 2. Mm-hmm. To a live audience on Facebook or whatever. But, I mean, it's fine that it's going. I wish that this cast got a little bit more appreciation. Uh, because there are some stars here. Everyone is giving their all in it. And unfortunately, Playbill posted their closing before the actors knew about it. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole snafu. Where I could blame Playbill, but I think that it is uh, the producer's fault. Mm-hmm. Just like what happened in London. The same thing happened. The producers did not tell their cast that they were closing Mm -hmm. until they already knew. No, of course. Which is a dick move in theater. And for the first time in like, I mean, I'm going to butcher this number, but since 1979, Mm -hmm. an Andrew Lloyd Webber piece will not be playing on Broadway. How do you think he's handling that? (laughs) He's having a rough time right now with life things, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't be opposed to uh, another show coming. Uh, to Broadway from Angeloid Weber to fill the gap in, like, one last-ditch effort. Uh, apparently there is an Evita revival on the way, mm-hmm. which uh, is going to be great. That's one of my favorite Angeloid Weber pieces that I can actually tolerate. But it's going to be weird not having an Angeloid Weber piece. Weren't people talking about Rachel Zegler for that? Yeah, Dan, yeah. Dan, she's been hinting, and you know I would buy a tick, because I love Evita, I love Rachel Zegler. I've been reading the lore on Songbirds and Snakes, so mm-hmm. I'm prepared for the film that I'm going to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'd be perfectly fine if we got theater tickets for that. Just so you know. Of course. Yeah, if you bought a ticket. But, uh, yeah, Bad Cinderella's gone, so, you know, raise our cups. <laughs> <laughs> Drink deep of that Bad Cinderella. I what could have been? I thought you were going to start singing that pink song, which I figured was in we the show. We raise our glass! Shit! <laughs> no, I, th- I thought it was. I thought that was no, in that's, the show, that's, so. That's Anne Juliet. That literally has that song in it. I was close then. And actually, I saw that. It wasn't that bad. I hate a I hate a jukebox musical, but I kind of liked that. Yeah. It had Betsy Wolf. I was I was having fun. I said, "Wow, In Sync and Backstreet Boys." Yeah, this is a good time. And the Stephen Sondheim Theater, Dan, remodeled to perfection. Beautiful. Very nice. It's like modern day Broadway. Every seat's a good seat. All right. So now the theater news is done, do you have anything else to share? Uh, small bits and pieces okay. of news. One, in terms of anime, I do apologize. I've been watching mostly retro stuff and or stuff that could go on the podcast. Never apologize, Dad. Uh, you know, but I've been, you know, going through the the beautiful box set that you purchased me of Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. I've been re-watching that. Yeah, interesting. It's Mother's Day and I didn't receive a gift. Mm. <laughs> You're getting a text. Yeah. Uh, but well, not even a flower. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Bandit'll Bandit'll give you a scallion. Yeah, I got a wilted John Quill. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
been rewatching a lot of older stuff, but apparently in terms of new stuff, uh, the Queen v. Sanji final fight uh, was pretty great. I have oh, not sat down to watch it yet. My coworker told me all about this. <laughs> oh, he, oh, okay. He's up to date on One Piece. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my god, why? <laughs> but didn't know what JoJo was. Didn't know, yeah, you had to explain. That no. was, that was interesting. I had to explain the hierarchy yeah. of the himbos. He said, did you see what happened with Queen? I said, no. But I'm sure my friend did. It is, it is, it is animated beautifully. And I, I did see this, yeah. By oh all indication, uh, the remainder of, like, the Wano arc, as it reaches its conclusion, is all probably going to maintain this, uh, probably going to maintain this quality. And that's, it's good to know, because it, I, I mean, compared to how people were stressing during the Dressrosa days, like, the animation team seems to have figured out a good approach for doing this stuff, because they... They save the budget for where they need to, and then they go out all out in the, on these fights. There was that one, uh, even not fights, there was that one Yamato flashback where Yamato was reflecting on, like, their childhood reading the diary of Odin and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the animation style almost shifts into something, like, oh. softer and, and more painterly for a little bit. Yeah. And all of the fights have been amazing, uh, like, all of the, the use of, like, color and light and stuff when Yamato and Luffy are facing Kaido one of the times. Uh, so I think that by the time we're reaching the big pinnacle of this arc, people are going to be pretty astounded, so mm. I'm looking forward to it. Though, though the side that is exclusively watching the anime mm. is going to be pretty amazed to see what happens. I mean, Wano feels like it's been going on for the entire series. It's been going well. It yeah. was it, it was an important arc. It was yeah. it's always been hyped up as like this important thing that we're building to. Okay, and you know I, it's kind of living up to that. Mm. I think. Um, but yeah, so that's that's happening. Uh, right. Hopefully, we will be covering One Piece film Red. Oh, I already pre-ordered it. Oh, good. It dropped on Amazon. It's coming out in July. Yeah. So we'll do an episode on that. Certainly. Yeah, we'll have an emergency episode on that. Um. I'm not sure if anything else at the uh, moment, but I'm going to okay. look into some other things uh, over the week. Uh, and show-wise, I did start watching Love and Death oh, on HBO right. okay. with Miss Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. And it was okay. Mm. Yeah. Some good... Uh, 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 fitting for Mother's Day, it's one of those shows <laughs> that moms are probably going to like a lot. <laughs> like that dramatic murder uh, sexy stuff going mm -hmm. on. Like that. That's You don't like that, Dan? I do. You don't no. like a dramatic, sexy murder? I do. Hmm. Um, but I believe, weirdly enough, it was actually already covered by a show with Jessica Biel, like, last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. They recreated scenes from it. Yeah. It's like exact dialogue. No, it. yeah. It, yeah, it was, I saw it was that. very strange, because I, I hadn't watched that original Candy show mm -hmm. with Jessica Biel when it came out. Um, but TikTokers have pieced together all of the, yeah, the comparisons and stuff, Yeah, so. very strange. I guess it was just a matter of, like, it was like an Ants Bugs Life situation. Where I don't they... think we've ever seen that before with, like, a live no. action show. No. Like, I, I, I... Yeah, I'm trying to think if we have, but the only thing I can think of is during the stretch where it feels like there was multiple gaudy like, oh, things that yeah. came out all at once. I'll but... have you know, since Sinister Six, Gotti has been all over my TikTok, so... Yeah. What Midas? Yeah. He was a good guy. So like that, now I yeah. understand. But, but yeah, no, it was it was literally just last year that they did this other version of it, um, 
and you know because the the main woman who Elizabeth Olsen is playing is named Candy, mm. uh, and she has a little affair, and the wife of the guy she's having the affair with is like you know struggling with a lot of insecurities and in, in like postpartum depression, and it builds to a big axe fight. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, very very surprising that they're so close to each other. I would assume that. Again, like Ant's Bugs Life situation, <laughs> that the right to film this story was released probably last year, and then that studio got on it first before HBO Max could. Yeah. Maybe that explains the closeness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting show, so I'll give that an eh if anyone wants to check it out. <laughs> an eh. An eh. A glowing eh. Uh, one more thing before the big reveal, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, I recommended to you enough... Unicorn Warriors Eternal mm-hmm. on Adult Swim. I think it's Thursdays it shows at midnight. Mm-hmm. You've got the time, Dan. You can check it out. Uh-huh. Also on HBO Max now. It's it's Tara Tarkovsky's masterwork. Mm-hmm. It's something that you're going to enjoy wholeheartedly. Part of me doesn't want to spoil it, but the basic premise is essentially um, these people are reincarnated to fight against evil mm-hmm. throughout the timeline, and they're in Victorian London, but... It's extremely steampunk. Mm. And I know you. <laughs> and I know you will eat this up. Your eyes will be glued to the screen. And it directly references uh, Fleischer cartoons and the works of Ozuma Tezuka. Mm-hmm. So Astro Boy, Phoenix, all that. I know these things are close to your heart. They are. So they are. You will be gorging yourself on this. It is a perfect series so far. It's only seven episodes. We're three in. It looks... It, it, it's amazing. Like, I, I can't describe it. It's perfection. Of course. I, that's all I want to say on that. Yeah. I guess I have one more news article. All right. Just, just one. Because TikTok has been flooded... With clips from Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Not for me, but since my phone is here, it heard that, and we'll incorporate yeah, that into the algorithm, that. so, yes. I just gotta say how surreal it is to... I mean, I've, got, I've gone over this before, but Transformers Beast Wars was actually my first Transformers yes, show. Yes. It was... I had no idea that there was another series where they were trucks and cars. <laughs> I thought they were always... Trucks that turn into ooze? <laughs> I, no, I always thought it was just, the, like, the ooze were the OG ones, and... Uh... It, you know, Megatron's a dinosaur, and it is surreal to see that that, that we've come so far in terms of cinematic technology that uh, the the fucking Maximals are now showing up in in a live action film. And luckily, it's not even in the it's not like Bayverse, so you don't have to worry about like crazy stupid shit. I it's, it's I kind of f- like the Bayverse though. I mean, that's we, what I know. We yeah. will get to them All someday right. on yeah, this podcast. Oh. Transformers uh, 2, as I say, greatest film experience I've ever had. No, exactly. Yeah. But in Dark of the Moon, I, I sincerely enjoyed. But mm. the, the you know, never seen. <laughs> the the ones made post him seem to have been a little bit more consistent from like the Bumblebee crew and everything. Mm. And this is following on from that team. And y- you know, you, you you got Optimus like they're having a standoff. The Rhino takes one of them down. Cheetor takes the other one down. <laughs> Cheetor, I remember Cheetor. Your uh, your fave from every everything everywhere all at once. Main Stephanie Yo. Oh, Michelle Yo. Michelle Yo. Stephanie Chu. She, she's yeah. voicing uh, 
I think uh, Razor wins. You see what an Oscar can get you, Dan? She's voicing the eagle. Even though I'm sure that happened beforehand, but you see? You know, and... Or Air Razor, I'm sorry. She's oh, voicing Air yeah. Razor. And, and it's just like there's a standoff between all the vehicles and the... The, the, the aminals. Aminals. Oh, I love that. And Optimus is like, stand down, gorilla. I won't say it again. And it's oh, just like, no. look how far we've come. Yeah. Like, look how... look how Dan's crying in the theater. Like, this can't be. Brother, my brother. <laughs> I'd be interested. I'd, just, I'd be interested to see what happens with it. I don't know what they're going to do. But, uh, you know, it, it's... At some point, I might have to... Maybe even if we branch it off into a separate podcast where you and I do more oh shows and gosh, stuff. Oh my gosh, the Transformers segment? No, like, if we do another show that's more, like, less dedicated to anime... Oh, if I and bring, regular things? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. If I, yeah, if I bring, like... I can bring Beast Wars for a discussion at oh some point. Oh boy. And I'm sure you would love to, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. and ironically. You'll have to woo me over for that, though. Of course. Yeah. So, should we get into the big news? Yes. Alright, so I'm sure you all know, Breath of the Wild had a little sequel that released this week, Mm -hmm. Tears of the Kingdom. And what a game. Yes. What (laughs) a game it is. Uh, Mine was unfortunately delayed. It's in Georgia. It's coming today, apparently. But don't worry, I spent the extra $60 with my Nintendo store credit Mm -hmm. and bought it digitally, so I was able to play on release as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And Dan, I didn't know how much I loved Breath of the Wild until I booted this up. Yes. It was like coming home again. I said this is the best opening segment that a video game has ever had before. I am enamored. I am in love. There is so much to do here. It's going to take me years to complete this game. Yes. It's just gorgeous. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. There's so many secrets. Um... I just enjoy it so much. This is, uh, Nintendo has yet again given us a bounty. You know, I I got it going on Friday, because GameStop did come through. I, I did manage to get it, and I I don't know. I, I was te- I was messaging you, mm-hmm. and I was like, my heart's warm, Well, no, you were, you were feeding my jealousy. You're like, I got my... <laughs> I got my... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> but after that... Yeah. After that, I was after like... After the band-aid was ripped. I was like... It just it just felt so great to return to that setup in a mm-hmm. new kind of fashion, um, you know. But as you said, great like that first Sky Island the kind great of functions. Sky Isle, or it kind the of large functions. Sky Isle. <laughs> no, it is the Great Sky, it, yeah. and it functions like the plateau did, and it's just amazing. Like yeah. we get this new King Surrogate character who's mm-hmm. from the the faded race of the past, the Zonai. Yeah, Raru, and I love him. Their mm-hmm. designs are badass. Zelda is tossed away through time for us. Uh, slight spoilers, because I assume we're not that far. But, I mean, I fell down a hole and I went a little bit further than Dan ever could. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, we No, we have gone about it in different yeah. ways. Because mm-hmm. after I landed, I did some stuff, and now I'm heading... I'm actually... I, I have found a temple... Yeah, in the in the north, wow. in the north, like a dungeon. Yeah, like a dungeon wow. temple. I have the, not found that because uh, I went to go help the Rito, mm. and I haven't done that yet. Yeah. So, so it's like you will recognize stuff, but it's told from you right from the start that there's a whole bunch of regional phenomenon that are like mm-hmm. affecting how each old area is. Yeah. So obviously, aside from the sky islands and the holes in the ground, the terrain has. In the Changed, climate have, yeah. has over shifted the years. over. And 
something I want to interrupt you to mention is that there's basically three maps, which yes. we kind of predicted. I, I mean, I don't know if there's any twist or anything, but we've got the sky, the earth proper, and then the underground. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we're dealing with past and future at some point, too. Because that yeah. seems to be going well, on. We got a time temple. And I mean, Nintendo loves to have a little surprise in the end. Yes. And the reviews, which I've vaguely read, I don't want any spoilers to this, um, hype it as better than the original. So yeah. I I feel that I've decked out my Switch, my Pro Controller, everything. I'm ready to enjoy this experience. So far, though, it's been amazing. Yeah. It's been... This is... You know I have a lot of games on the docket. I still I have not touched Octopath Traveler 2. Oh, who could forget? But... No, this so This game do I, so takes do I. precedence, yeah. 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 But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, that opening segment really got me. It was better than The Great Plateau, which I didn't... I already thought that was perfection. Mm -hmm. Like, The Great Plateau is like you go around, you experience all the, the basic tutorial sections of the game. But this was even greater. It, it's just hard to explain. Like, I, I love the way Link looks. I love the way time has passed. Mm-hmm. I wish Zelda was playable, but so far, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, this is this might be unrelated, but if if we consider everything that that has been seen, like their base outfits, I love the look of Link and Zelda yep. at the start of this. Yep. At, not not at the start, but like Link like in his intro, and then Zelda in her like away look. Yeah, white gown yeah. look, and then I love them both too. Link in his like you you know uh, himbo. Yeah. A frontier nip slip yeah like i i just love how that looks like mm -hmm. i like if that was just their base costume for the whole game like i would be really because it's, it's just it feels so different yeah um but no i've just been having a blast i mean again you and i because the game is so huge we have gone very different ways yeah and like i went up to start doing the wind temple stuff with the rito there's a wind temple there <gasps> is a wind temple oh. i was but you... Makar flashbacks. I, was, I love that temple. I was going up there to do that, and it, obviously it's too cold, so yeah, I... I some spicy peppers. Yeah, and I have been. Did you get the exclusive gear on the Sky Island that prevents cold? I did. Oh, I did it, as well. But it's just pants. I'm just pants. So when you need to... When it gets to freezing, you when you get to, to the sky... a little bit something else. Yeah. So I'm saving up to... Uh, to, to buy warmer clothes. Oh, you gotta work for the Daily Bugle or whatever. I do. And rupees. thus I returned to the surface to, to go and like mine ore and shit. And it's just like, I, like, I, I love this. Like, Did this you is... help that man with his Hudson signs? Yes. Always. Whenever I love I see him. him. I love him. He's always struggling to hold up a sign. Yeah, support his boss. Literally <sighs> and figuratively. It took so. me like 15 minutes to get one sign to stand, but. Yeah, I gotta oh, look for. So yeah. speaking of new powers. Mm -hmm. Great. Excellent powers, referencing Nintendo's history with the Ultra Hand, mm -hmm. combining things. I love the, if something's above you, you could shoop on through it. Yes. And then apparently, uh, converse to Dan, I fell down that same hole, explored a little more. And you know what I found down there? The rest of my wheel, like mm -hmm. the power wheel. I got them all. I need to go look. I said, wow, this is the quickest I've ever done this in a Zelda game. I didn't even ask, uh, what's her name, Pura? Like, Poo Pura, yeah. Pura, yeah. yeah, who's aged up mm -hmm. quite a bit in the few years. But I love it. Like, the, the powers are great. It's simple. Uh, we didn't even talk about, like, the mech segment that's after Dan's heart. You can build giant mechs. You can build pretty much any... I've been, I've been having so much fun with just that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I... 
I don't know. Like it's it's that kind of puzzle that really appeals to me. And yeah. and some of them are some of them are straightforward. Like some of them you build like a little rocket cart mm-hmm. and you go along like a roller coaster track and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have time for that. You just strap a rocket to the back of a karaoke and send it across the river and hope for the best. I did this one little shrine the other mm-hmm. night that was the straightforward path to get to the end and get the light of blessing or whatever was just you transport a little ball using a balloon okay. up to the second level and then put it in the thing and then that opens the door. I have but not done that, yeah. to get a treasure chest, there's another thing because it, it you'll, you'll notice that it gives you lots of balloons, lots of wooden pieces, and four flame emitters. Mm. So you, you have all of this and you have to get this gigantic heavy metal ball to the second floor also because that unlocks a treasure chest. Yeah. And you need that treasure chest for the completion. So, yeah. And... I spent, like, an hour crafting, like, a little <laughs> airship out of the crap that was inside that shrine mm-hmm. to transport this ball, uh, you know, where I needed it to go. Yeah. And the, the the prize in the chest was not worth it. No. But, but you got the little icon on the side, it, and, it, and you had to yeah. use your brain, Dan. It's just so much fun. Yeah. It is, it is I, I, you know, the most fun I've had in, like, a sandbox-type thing yeah. in a while, so. So, my current path is, I did explore underground, and there's a lot of secrets under there that mm-hmm. I think Dan will love. Remember that that's there, mm-hmm. to constantly check that out. But, uh, I'm heading towards Hatano Village, mm-hmm. because I hear that's the fashion capital of Hyrule. Yes. And I met Mushroom Lady, I hear there's a mayor that needs to be elected there. Mm-hmm. That's my first goal. Fashion above all else. Of course. But I'm glad to see how differently we play the game. And I'm also interested on how they kind of shifted up the difficulty for uh, uh, where you should go in the order of story. Because I know that Hebra is the first area you go to. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the first game I went to the Zora Domain first. And even, even like, I'm obviously loosely following the story and then going back to mm-hmm. you know go backtracking to where i because I, I gotta get clothes yeah but the the thing that kind of it's not even like it forces you to it just kind of in terms of heading to hebra first there is those news reporters yep. and it's good to convene with them first because then that unlocks a side mission that applies to all of the other stables maybe i'll do that first and then head back the other way just for convenience so that when you visit a stable you'll be there to get the scoop and then that'll cover that quest line i guess so good pointers good pointers but all around it's gonna be this is gonna be on my docket until at least final fantasy like drags me away a bit Mm-hmm. But I thoroughly intend to do my best to complete this. No, me, no, me too. Yeah, it's another long play, and it really reawakened my spirit in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, how I doubted it, like I doubted it initially before the original came out, and then I doubted this one. But I should have known better. Well, and people are still having that argument. And the only the only thing that I I would assume if you had just finished Breath of the Wild and it's started too playing much. this, it's too much. It yeah. feels like everything's gone. You have to start over again. Yeah. But if you had been out of Breath of the Wild for a long time, as we as had we been, yep, yep. then you... It, it, it feels like a true sequel. It hmm. feels like a straightforward sequel um, where things have changed, things have improved, characters have aged, etc. Yeah. 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 High recommend. No, yeah, no. Certainly from, from this podcast so yes. far. So. Yes. Uh, so 30 minutes in. I did not prep a tangent for you this week. No, mea, I cul- I mea culpa. I figured. <laughs> As I bow before you. Shall we get into that the episode was, proper? It was Zelda week. 
Not yet. Oh, I have I have a request. Oh boy, a request. another one for me. Well, because I did post um, Javier mm-hmm. the other day, our baseball gym leader, and his signature are done. So now it's time to move to the east mm-hmm. as we start heading towards the safari zone, and then to the seas. You've given me plenty of ocean ones. I might come, you know, crawling back for more at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main thing here will be. Think of some good mons to stick in that safari zone. Okay. Uh, those could even be, dare I say, imports from other regions. Okay. Like if you, if you regional forms, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, okay. But they could be, you know, if, if if you find an exotic critter that lives on another continent, mm. then you could stick them in this safari zone, and n- nobody will bat an eye. Mm. Uh, but the main thing is, is that I figured uh, as a reference to Koga, who was the the ninja gym leader who was in charge of that safari zone. Yes. Uh, a ninja master will also be in charge of this safari zone. He will, or she, mm-hmm. will give you missions and probably have some extra content there somehow. Uh, so think on... Uh, it's always been said that the the inverse of Koga was Iga, because that was a different ninja school, a competing mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So maybe our, our one will be named Iga, male or female. Uh, but think on a signature mon for a ninja. Okay. Yeah. All right, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I could think of Thunk. Yeah. We got to get those anime tropes in there somehow, so. All right. Well, with that, then, shall we go to the episode proper? I'd say so. All right. It is Sinister Six, and just a casual reminder to the fans, this is where we, uh, Dan and I, take some so good it's bad or so bad it's good movies and watch so you don't have to. Uh, Dan Selections... This this cauldron has been a brewing for a while. Mm-hmm. There are a few in here that have been here for a while, including one that's been there since after Popeye. Okay. Um, I like to adhere to the the facets of classy, cheesy, and trashy, which I know Dan has done mm-hmm. for his past one. But uh, they are a a sinister trio in here that mm-hmm. you could pick. As I said, you could be examining yourself a little bit more. We could be taking a trip to Coney Island. Mm-hmm. Or we could be going to hell, Dan. Well, you, you've been hyping this bucket up for a while. My buckets are moist and good every you've time. Been, you've been you've been you've been hyping this pickup like this is where the multiverse branches. Yeah. yeah so. This is and depending on Dan's pick, I mean I say that, I know it's gonna be the sinister selection, but who oh, knows okay, what okay, you may yeah. choose. So do you want me to uh I guess you could yeah, reach into the, the bag, bag movie bag. Yeah, gonna mix it up a little bit. Each one has been rewritten on the same sheet of paper. Which Zonai device am I, I going to? I don't know, but choose wisely. Go with your heart. Everyone is good, but I think I know which one you're gonna choose already. Uh, choke on this bitch. <gasps> the one I didn't think you were gonna choose, but interesting enough, Dan. Okay. You chose wisely. Okay, good. Today good. we're watching <laughs> the Sam Raimi classic, Drag Me to Hell. Oh, I love it. Mo- oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I love this movie as well, Dad. Here, take a look at that. Well, let me get the, the note card of the Blu-ray. But just released on Blu-ray in a collector's anniversary edition, Drag Me to Hell by Sam Raimi. Yep. Perfect for Evil Dead Rise, which just came out. 
You know what? We're appealing to different things. Great choice, Dan. So, Drag Me to Hell is a 2009 flick directed by Sam Raimi. It's supernatural horror penned by Sam and Ivan Raimi before Spider-Man series was even convened. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it was a thing. And I know you love those original Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. I do. Uh, Very successful. It had a $30 million budget, but made $90.8 million grossing in the U.S., uh, it's been passed around a bit. It was offered uh, to the Sinister Six alum Edgar Wright mm-hmm. before initially, and speaking of Last Night in Soho, right? Edgar Wright. Um, Sam agreed to direct this on his own. Uh, it's starring Alison Lohman, uh, Justin Long, and Laura Rivaris, Sylvia as Sylvia Ganoush, mm-hmm. uh, who is an iconic character. Yes. Um, horror, horror staple. But... Uh, Interesting to admit that Lorena was not aware of her role until the casting, so she didn't know what kind of movie this would be. Mm -hmm. If it was going to be a campy comedy horror classic, or if it was going to be a serious drama at the same time. Uh, Also, secondary actors from other of other, uh, Raimi's other films appear throughout this, so it's an interesting little uh, conversion piece for all of them. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see them all together. It had a very strong positive response. It had a, it's just a, it's a fun, gross, little horror comedy. Yeah. And I put this in the pot because it's just that. It could be so, it could be slightly disgusting for some of our viewers. Yes, Uh, we do advise them to be careful going into it. It used to disturb me a little bit more, but now that I've grown and I've seen a lot worse in the world, this is a fave. It's a classic. Yeah. And this is our trashy pick of the evening. Okay. Uh, For Cringe Corner... Um, it's gross out horror. That's mm-hmm. the number one I have. If you do not like vomit, if you don't like disgust, if you don't like bodily yeah, fluids be, going anywhere, always, this is going to be a rough one for you. There's always one that's stuck in my mind since I saw this, uh, that, that it, it, it to this day, it remains with me, but yeah. it just, it just speaks to the, the quality, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, it's verging on cartoony, cartoony, almost Looney Tunes style. Of acting. As per Sam Raimi, what he does sometimes. Sound effects, uh, uh, it's typical Sam Raimi. Like, he he puts in, like, a boink in there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You'll hear a gadong. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it's interesting. And something that gets me is this Christine as, like, a villain. The main character of Christine Lohman. Yes, I remember that discourse. I'm interested to have it. I don't really agree with it. I don't think she's that bad of a person, but this movie treats her like shit. It does, yeah. yeah. And I'd be interested to... I, I, it'll be a good, uh, uh, you know, kind of branching off point for when we discuss this. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of jump scares. Yes. So if that's not your cup of tea for horror movies, if it's a, a fake out into a jump scare, don't watch this film. I mean, do watch this film. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. Why else wouldn't I have chosen it? Um, and I put down not really a bad movie unless you are eating a piece of cake or afraid of demon goats. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So do not eat during this film. Um, interesting. I, I picked this, like I said, some of my picks, we just talked about last night at Soho, um, appropriately. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. yeah. I love this film. I had to put it in the pot because it is a good, bad movie. Yes. And I, I mean, I would assume maybe rewatching it, we can, we can try to clarify why it might end up mm-hmm. in the, what, like, you know. In the Sinister Six spot, because similar to you, mm-hmm. the other, obviously Giant Spider Invasion does not count, but the other two remaining ones from that pot are technically not terrible movies, but they just kind of failed for other reasons. Yeah. Um, but, 
yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to talk about with this movie because it does feel like it. This was a. I remember seeing this in theaters and thinking like, wow, this is. Oh, you this saw this in theaters? Huh? Yeah, I didn't have the courage back then. Uh, but this was uh like this was going to be something, and it, I don't know if people talk about it as much. Mm-hmm. And so. uh, according to the Reddit, which I've researched, we should not watch the director's cut. Mm-hmm. It adds a few things that shouldn't have been added. Mm-hmm. It stylizes a few things differently, so we will be watching the theatrical cut. Okay. Yes. Uh, just so you know, but as you said, you've experienced this film before. Any initial thoughts? Again, it was just parts of this movie have like stayed with me since uh, since the first time I since watched the cracked it. article on it. You've never read the cracked article of like the secrets behind Drag Me to Hell? No, I don't think oh, so. Wow. I did read a lot of cracked. That's back an in the interesting day. read, Dan. Maybe during the film. <laughs> um, but. No, I just remember it being just a very quality horror movie. Mm-hmm. And again, the ending, which we'll get to when we get there, the ending really, really stuck with me. Like, mm-hmm. I, like ah, this is, yeah. this is truly like a tragic thing here. Yeah. And just the presentation of, uh, I believe it's it's a, it's a Lamia is the, <laughs> is the main uh, yeah. demon. Yeah. And that thing's presentation, because I remember at the time that this came out, the those fucking paranormal activity movies the first mm. one technically the the entity in that first paranormal activity movie is like the same kind of entity that's supposed to be in this movie okay. and night and day in terms of how it's done and drag me to hell makes that an effective scary creature like you 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 i don't know how many direct looks you ever get at it but mm-hmm. In Drag Me to Hell, it's like I I remember parts of, you know, the thing is is stomping around mm-hmm. on the other side of the door, and you know that there's something like with cloven feet yeah. over there, yeah. and it's like that did it effectively. Mm-hmm. So I I very good scares yeah. I would say. Right, Dan. Without further ado, you know, Dan, you're quite well off. If I have to admit, mm-hmm. could you give me a loan? Uh. No, I heard that you watch anime, so... Ooh, a curse on you, Dan Ryan! A curse on you! We'll see you after the break. Taking my lunch. Hello and welcome back, audience, to another episode of Enemy Was Not a Mistake. I'm your resident port queen, Jonathan Kwiatkowski. Here, as always, joined, as always, by Dan Ryan. And what did we just watch? Uh, we just watched... Oh my god, I wanted to say Evil Dead. We did not. We watched Drag Me to Hell. You know, blink and you might miss it, Dan. It's yeah. not the same movie. Uh, but a, a more modern horror classic we've mm-hmm. both uh, seen and enjoyed before, but... We want more people to see it. Yeah. yeah I do. think enough people have seen it, yeah. Dan. I yeah. mean, it's a classic in its own right. Uh, obviously, we both enjoyed this going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a bad movie. A good bad movie, as I like to dub it. But it was a fun time. And any outstanding thoughts for you to share with the audience? Um, I think 
in the intro segment, you referenced, like, that cracked article. Yes, um, a I, very imperative cracked article. I did actually remember it when mm-hmm. we got the film going, uh, and it, it does, it, it points out how if you watch the entire film, it might have a certain subtext about eating disorders. Yes. Uh, because uh, the main character, Christine, she struggled with her weight when she was younger, and the entire film's plot might be... You know, it has a lot to do with, like, things coming out of the body, like, vomiting is a recurring motif, mm-hmm. uh, like, the rotting teeth and, and skin and everything yeah. plays into her that. Her afraid to eat, her looking in the cape shop window. Yeah, so it's, it, it's kind of, it's very much there, um... It kind of, like, adds a pretty fascinating layer to it. Yeah, and I think that it's a fun, innocent time, despite the subject matter. Mm-hmm. It's like a innocuous time at the movie theater. Yes. Like, it is very cute, it's very charming, despite all the throw-up and the vomit and the gore. Mm-hmm. I think it it holds its weight as, like, a, a little sweet aperitif of a horror movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, so with that, shall we get into the plot, Dan? I'd say so. All right, so here's our Sinister Scan synopsis. Open on 1969, Pasadena, California. An immigrant family calls on medium Sean Sardina to help out uh, their son who has been acting strange as of late. Mm -hmm. He's arrived and he is clearly possessed, but this is this medium's job. Mm -hmm. Uh, But lives in a lavish home, which may tie into my next Sinister Selection. Yeah, yeah, you kept yeah. you kept referencing that house. It make does a look rip. like the Clue House too. It does. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the same thing, but something to you know research in the past time. Uh, hearing voices, something is coming for him. Their son, who has uh, been strange as late, uh, he stole a necklace from a Romani woman. Mm-hmm. We'll have to admit there are a lot of slurs in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a different time. Two thousand nine. Yeah. To, to be precise. Yeah. And didn't give it back. Uh, maybe the swarm of flies was a clue. Like, flies are constantly following this family. Yeah. Well, and that becomes a recurring thing, so. Yeah. You would think that would be a, a, a symbol for evil in close pursuit. Well, at the very least, it's a symbol for, like, decay, which yeah. I think is the bigger fear here. So. Yeah. Uh, Sandina agrees to help how she can. During the cleansing ceremony, a force storms in and chucks the boy, Juan, over a balcony. And uh, before the ground opens up, he is quite literally dragged to hell. Yes. In the opening scene. While his parents, like, run downstairs and Sandina is like, this will never happen again. Or I will meet you again. Yeah. Addressing the presence that took the boy. But a cool open. Mm -hmm. It's, I do feel like it's a little uh, white savior-ish that we get Christine as a main character. Yeah. Mm. And... It's difficult to sum up, but this, uh, but again, as with everything Sam Raimi does, you feel the Sam Raimi-ness, mm-hmm. and in the case of Christine, like, she feels like, almost like an out-of-time yeah. protagonist, like, she feels like an outdated protagonist yeah. in this horror movie. I, um, I do agree, I think she's, she's not existent in our time. I do think she's very tone-deaf, though. Yeah, like, yeah. As opposed to what's going on now. And it probably plays in, like, she's supposed to be, like, a farm girl who's in the city now, and it, it you know, so she's naive about a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. it, it's, I don't know, with all of the weird little anachronisms that, that Sam Raimi tends to do, I, I feel like her, as a protagonist, is just, like, a throwback, so. Yeah, so we get more strings on the opening credits, a very thinner premise, which I'm happy you brought up, because mm-hmm. guess what? 
I think that's going to be in the Sinister Six pot eventually because I took notes on it. Yeah, one of the... it was a very close miss between this and thinner. <laughs> we gotta we gotta do thinner at it, some point. It was it was between this and that, and I said I, I think Dan might enjoy this more. But thinner notes they're written they're ready to go. Oh, so good, maybe good. we'll be seeing that mm-hmm. real soon. Um, uh, old ink drawings and woodcut chanting for the title crawl, which mm-hmm. was interesting. It does spoil the entire film for us because we do see Allison getting dragged to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then we're in 2009, the present day. Yes. Remember when, Dan? It did seem like a brighter time. Yeah. And, uh, we were in high school. Uh, was it then? We were mm. sophomore, Dan. Well... I don't know, maybe society in general was a little bit brighter there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we're in, like, sunny San Francisco. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yep. Um, because but... it's you see it's the angels. Okay, yeah. Versus the devils. So, again, very effective use of, like, daytime horror, because we're in a very bright setting most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. And that does not dissuade from the scares that, you know, the... Uh, the Lamia is able to mm-hmm. unleash. So um, I like so it. So we're in Los Angeles. Uh, I said, is this the opening of La La Land? A damn mm-hmm. favorite because mm-hmm. it does open the same way. She gets the dress. <laughs> uh, we meet Christine Brown, who is driving to work as a bank law. Like she she controls the... the she's a loan officer. Loan officer, yeah, um, at the bank. And she's practicing her diction to tapes. Yes. Which, Dan, I'm sure you do. Yeah, I still cannot say water correctly, but no, that's, that's so in the notes. Um, she's eyeing the luxurious bakery from across the way as she arrives to work. Mm-hmm. So we get our first clue, like, mm, something's going on here. And I love, as you mentioned, the subtext that that cracked article really exposed to me. Mm-hmm. Because it does feel like it fits. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It, 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 between the food and the constant vomiting, it's... Uh... Yeah, a lot of lot of bowel stuff in this movie. Yeah, uh, Christine is generally trying to be helpful and get a promotion at, uh, to the assistant manager position at her bank job. Um, she doesn't seem like a bad person. No, she seems like a very sweet person, and that might be the problem because the manager is like, oh, it, right now for the assistant manager job, Stu it's between, Rubin. Yeah, Stu, you and Stu Rubin, mm-hmm. and she's like, Stu Rubin just started like last week. What do mm-hmm. you mean? Yeah, but he's very aggressive. He goes after the sales that he needs to make, and he you know does what he has to do. Uh, I just need you to show a similar level of um, of aggression for yeah. this job. Yeah. Um. So that happens. It's a very toxic work environment. Christine's uh, boyfriend, Clay Dayton is a newly hired psychology professor teaching nearby, and it's baby Justin Long, who will be seen on this podcast again. Of course. He is a final girl, resident horror guru, Justin Long, Mm -hmm. in the recent day. But it's just interesting to see him in a past role, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of adhering to his uh, standard. Uh, Christine is sticking to salads uh, at work, like, you know, when she orders. Everyone Mm -hmm. else asks for, like, a big sandwich covered in mayo, but she just settles for the salad, Dan. Yeah, and that's another stress point for her is that Stu is like, oh, you got my order wrong. And just so he can hang back with the boss and go like, dits. I have to ask, Dan, did you ever settle for a salad? Well, you know I don't eat salads a lot. Oh, I do. Once in a while. Maybe I settle for the salad. Yeah, maybe Hmm. you do. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but he, she's helping Clay with his nerdy coin collection, and Clay is the Justin Long character. Yes. So he's like, oh, I collect coins, you work at a bank, here's this rare coin, oh, wow. 
Wow! <laughs> and, you know, we, we must point out, he slides it into one of his envelopes, mm -hmm. and he likes doing that. He's got, like, these little letter envelopes uh, that, that are a recurring prop, but that's where he's storing his coin for the yeah. time being. So he bids Christina do. She walks out of the office, uh, but then she hears him talking with his mother on the phone. Yes. And his mother is a very waspy type that's like, oh, she's not good enough for you. She she was raised on a farm. I don't understand why you're doing this. You need someone to help your career. Yeah. Um, but she does overhear all that all, and she's like, oh, uh, the mother says that Christine's not from good breeding. Yeah. So maybe you should end it there. Adding probably a little extra impetus onto Christine to get that promotion so mm -hmm. she can say she's an assistant bank yeah. manager. Uh, back at work, Christine is put in a position where she must demonstrate a tough decision-making skill uh, with the old sickly Sylvia Ganush. Yes. Who is the star of this film. Yes. I will thoroughly agree this would be the Jonathan role, uh, the cursed Romani woman. Yes. Just there, trying to make her own ends meet. Uh, but yeah, she she is there. She's there to meet Christine uh, because her house has been foreclosed upon. Mm -hmm. And she is seeking a third payment extension uh, on her loan from the bank. Yeah, and she's coughing. There's plenty of phlegm. She's got non-sight in one eye. A very soggy handkerchief. Yeah, it's meant to... I, You know, it's hard because... At my position in work, I do the same thing with windows. I don't know how your how your office is. I have to approve who gets windows and who doesn't, Dan. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very lofty position. But uh, she's very sickly. She's very infirmed. Mm -hmm. That would immediately put me off of her. But being the better person, I might give her the loan. Well, well right from the start, it is... It's like, clearly this old lady does need the loan, but... Christine also kind of sees it as a chance to prove that she can... Be tough. Yeah, that she can be tough. Uh, so she goes to check with her manager. Uh, the manager ultimately says that the decision to extend the loan is up to Christine. Mm -hmm. And Christine, trying to flex, uh, denies the loan. And we also get more visual body grossness where... Uh... Oh my god, what's her name? Mm -hmm. Gushna... Sylvia Ganoush. Sylvia Ganoush. Uh, <laughs> takes her dentures out uh, in order to swallow some of the candies from Christine's desk yeah. and then steals the rest of the candies and then quickly puts her teeth back in. She's an old woman, Dad. She doesn't know um, And, you know, Christine goes back and politely declines her home loan. And we get Octavia Spencer in the background. We do. It's just like, she's, she's there. She's there. Yeah. She doesn't say anything, but she's, yeah, she is she's back there. there. You saw her. Um, That's Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer. Yeah, uh, and then, uh, you know, kind of forced to this breaking point, Ganoush falls to her knees and says that she will, like, she is a proud yeah. woman, but I've she will... I've never begged for anything, Dan, but yeah. please give me my uh, Tears of the Kingdom limited edition. Yeah. Before, before you the, get it. Yeah. Um, and you, this, <laughs> this, when Christine kind of recoils from this and, like, refuses... Uh, Ganoush. Ganoush. I, I keep. I, I, Sylvia uh, Ganoush, Dan. Sylvia Ganoush uh, is like, you shamed me. Like, yeah. I offered you, mm -hmm. you know, at, like, I begged you and you still refused. Uh, so you have shamed me. You've committed a great dishonor. And to she's me. nearly strangled yes. by her. Like, she comes up, her approaches Christine and puts her hands around her throat. Yeah. While everyone is watching and, like, the security has to drag her away in the bank. 
the the boss is like, oh, I had never seen that before, but good job, Christine. Yeah, you did the right thing. Like, yeah. He, according to him, she made the right call. Yeah. Yeah. So she, the that night after work, she heads into the underground parking lot with like her whole tray of stuff, which I'm like, I don't think they would bring that home. Well, she's got to work on the McPherson. Yeah, but she's got, like, a stapler with her. Like, come on. I don't know. You don't have a stapler at home? You don't have a home stapler, Dan? I have a home stapler. Exactly. But I don't know. I don't know what the setup with that was. Maybe she needed it for the McPherson report. So she goes into the parking garage. She sees the Sam Raimi car. Yeah, the yellow Oldsmobile that's been in every Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. And she's just settling down to drive home. When suddenly she feels a presence, she sees a, a strange handkerchief blowing in the breeze. Mm-hmm. Which belonged to one Sylvia Ganoush. She looks at the back seat and sees Sylvia Ganoush looking at her. Yes. Like, you've shamed me. Uh, and then the catfight of the century begins. Sylvia tries to strangle Christine from the back seat, uh, but Christine kind of throws the car into reverse and, you know, slams into the, another car behind them, yep. tossing Sylvia around. Yep. We get a cool, like, staple gag. Like, yeah. a, like, the gore is bad. Like, it's clearly CGI. It doesn't scare me as much as it did back then. Yeah. But it's fun. It's... <laughs> If you're if you're looking closely, there's like weird little moments where the effects obviously kind of give, yeah. but it, it you know not unless you're really I mean we really did watch The Melting Man on this podcast. We did, so yeah, so we can't we, uh, we cannot complain. Even last week Giant Spider Invasion. <laughs> um a seminal classic. So yeah, and then she she accelerates forward uh and Always uh, buckle up then. She Christine buckles up, yeah. Sylvia does not, so she Slams into the dashboard, her dentures fall out again. But she's a-okay. She is a-okay. She's been out of it, but she's doing just fine. Another Sam Raimi staple that I feel the need to point out is that people will get ragdolled and tossed yeah. around yeah. and they and be will fine. usually be okay. Which I love. Yeah. I love, like, the Sam Raimi... Uh, you know, we talked about horror being good, like, mm-hmm. consistently through the series. I think the Evil Dead series yeah. should be up there. They're always consistently good. It's, of like, fun... It's funny, and then it's scary at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted, just wanted to mention that. So she gets slammed into the dashboard. She tries to gum Christine to death, mm-hmm. which is a funny scene. Uh, Christine is fighting back in, like, these very cool scenes, like, kicking her out of the car. Um, she eventually locks the door and goes, like, you can't get me, bitch! <laughs> yeah. But then uh, Sylvie Ganoush well, finds a cinder block. If I may, yeah? uh, the, the thing with the gumming is it. Obviously, when you have certain eating disorders, you lose your yes, teeth. Yes, So, uh, Sylvia might be representing to Christine yeah. the, the ultimate fate of her body, if if yeah. that was the, the case. but It could you know. be. I've read that cracked article, and I think they mentioned that, yes. But, uh, but yeah, so Sylvia comes back with a cinder block to break <laughs> through the car door. <laughs> that was just under the car. It's fine. Uh, and, you know, the, the fight moves out of the car, mm-hmm. um, but it, it concludes with uh, Sylvia taking a button... Off of Christine's jacket, yeah, uh, her Paddington jacket, that and she then she curses in. her, and Christine passes out. Yes, yeah. Well, it's a, it's very like she, she picks up the button, she whispers it. The camera goes all uh, from Christine's POV, uh, you know, gets all foggy, uh, and clearly she is imbuing this button with with something bad. Yeah. And then yeah, she I've seen thinner. I know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> I've been cursed. I've read the Stephen King novel. I've watched the movie, as you will too one day, audience. But yeah, yeah. It's been there, and then it's like, oh, soon you'll be begging to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, again, in terms of our in terms of our possible protagonists who have upset the Romani women, uh, 
you know, Christine was was trying to get ahead of her job, and mm-hmm. the guy in Thinner is trying to get Roadhead, so that's, yep. you know... Well, you take doesn't what you that, can get. that happens in Scream, too? It's like Roadhead. Yeah, it's all... It, it, it seems that movies are very opposed to Roadhead, I the mean, dangers thereof. So. <laughs> gotta be careful, but do it in moderation, audience, if you're ever having a Roadhead. But, uh, so, I did want to mention, like, this button thing... It's a very prevalent Rosemary Babies plot. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've watched that film, it's like, oh, we stole a glove from that person, mm-hmm. so we're able to curse them. You should know which is 101. Yes. If any of your personal items, if any of my amiibos should go missing, Dan, I'd accuse you first. Yes. <laughs> trying to curse me down. Um, so Christina's still thinking how she could have helped Sylvia despite this, but it feels non-genuine. Like, after this time I watched it, it's like, oh, I could have helped her. It, yes. it gets a little bit more. And like, that's why Christine is like a very gray yeah, protag. I, did, I thought she was better after watching it the second or third time, whatever I watched this. But yeah, she's morally gray. She No, because you're right. Because it feels like like th- things happen to her and then she'll go like, oh, mm, there's something I could have done. Mm-hmm. Just so that someone else will tell her that she's nice. She's, yeah, and we all know people position. like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, so... Yes, she's being deceitful about that, but Lady did not need to unleash a demon on her to pull her to hell, so, yeah. Uh, So Christina's being followed by a menacing win and a quiet voice. Um, She wants to have her fortune read by one Ron Joss. Yes. And her boyfriend, Justin Long, is like... He, he's not into ghosts. He's he's not a believer in... in As I'm not. If you ever brought a Ouija board in here... I would not. I know you're terrified, but again... I would never allow you in this house, Dan. They were made by Hasbro I and don't Mattel care. in the Shut 1960s. Your mouth. We can watch Ouija The Origin of Evil, which is fine. Oh, yeah, that'll... But <laughs> that'll fill if in you ever street. bring a physical Ouija board in this house, you're out the door. I'm going to say, bring that back home, come back I'll again. I'll bring a wall of Ouija board. I'm sorry, that. no. No, I don't allow um, that. In my house, no. Uh, but she settled up for a private reading with Ron Joss. Yes. Um, and Ron Joss's whole thing is about God and uh, psychology. Yes. Um, how g- uh, religion interferes with that. Uh, Ron Joss picks up on Christine's situation. He senses something truly malevolent about her, and a dark spirit is following you. You have been cursed. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of that going on here. Christine is home alone that night with her cat. Uh, she bakes a cake, which is another like fat thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what we do? What do we do for comfort, Dan? We bake pancakes and make cakes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. And it, it yeah, it does come up in the movie later on what yeah. the cake is for. Yeah. Um, but she does that, and then she sees an old photo of her being pork queen from 1995. Yes, she won a her pig won a blue ribbon at some kind of county fair, mm-hmm. and she looked like. You know, like, just a regular, like, chubbier child in her yeah. youth. and But it clearly bothers her enough that she smashes the, the picture yeah. and crumples it up and throws it away. Uh, she hears bumps, scrapes, and creaks around the house. Oh, it's just the gate from outside. Yes. Or is it, Dan? It's not just the gate. No. Yeah. Uh, she sees shadows on the wall and the demonic presence pushes Catherine. Or or whatever her name is. <laughs> not Catherine. Christine. Christine. Yeah. She is, she's tossed around by this shadow. Very cool effect. Yeah. We don't see the monster up close a I mean, lot. the spirit is pushing her around, yeah. like, uh, throwing her around the house, and she, she gets up just fine. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, it slams her through pieces of furniture multiple times, uh, but, you know, it, it, it kind of 
blows windows open, it rattles pans around, it kind of just overwhelms the senses with, like, this ringing in the ears. Um, and I think later on, lore-wise, it's clarified that the Lamia will usually do this for three days, and then on the fourth day, it'll it'll take you to hell, mm-hmm. so... Uh, so Christine, uh, oh, sorry, Clay comforts Christine. You're just a little crazy, babe. I don't know what you're doing here. Uh, just re-experiencing trauma. Uh, let's take a trip to my parents' cabin. I was like, oh, that's an Evil Dead-like reference. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to take a trip up to the cabin. Yes. So after this, if Christine would have survived, maybe she would have got, like, uh, an encounter with the Deadites. Yes. Going on over there. Um, that night, Christine wakes to flies trying to get into her mouth, and a Deadite maggot vomiting corpse of Sylvia Ganoush in her bed. Yes. Which is a fun little scene, and this is what I see on TikTok, is, like, how, um, Allison Lohman reacted mm-hmm. to, you know, maggots being thrown up in her mouth. She's playing the old lady. No, right? Allison is the Christine, is right? Christine. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, what happened to her? Apparently she hasn't really acted since. Yeah, she stepped away from acting, I think. Yeah, so. I, I thought she was competent in this. Like, yeah. she had a fun blend of comedy and horror. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that on Raimi's direction, she, she, she played this like a naive, but yeah. probably like being corrupted by the city type person. So, yeah. Um, so it's all just a dream, though, as she wakes up the next day, and Christine has a, another job with a bank, hearing and seeing flies while she's there. Uh, Stu is a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. He's, like, trying to reprimand her again. Yeah, he's like, oh, you were supposed to show me, like, the loan certificate process. Uh, I can go tell the, the boss if you don't feel like doing that mm-hmm. today, but... Mm. Uh, so she does go to help him. But but she sees uh, Sylvia Ganoush's uh, pig knuckles on the desk. On the desk. Get your pig knuckles off my desk! Which I say every Sunday. He's making a scene, and when you know the, all the other employees and the manager come out to check on her, uh, her nose explodes, yeah. uh, gushes blood all over the place, and on to the manager. Yeah, and while I... We did watch the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. The director's cut, it's like full-blown nosebleed, Kill Bill style. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they kind of over-exaggerate things, and that's what I think the fans agreed on. I was like, we like the subtle version a little bit better. Okay. So that's why I chose to watch this version instead. No, I, I could see that. Yeah. Um, but she does bleed all over her boss uh, to a normal degree, and no one's concerned really about Christine. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, eat iron. Did it get on my suit? Mm-hmm. Like, did it get in my mouth? Yeah, yeah. So that's what the boss is concerned about. And then Stu seals files from Christine's desk for later. Yeah, the big McPherson file that was going to be a windfall for the bank. So Christine visits Sylvia's home. We get some very cool side light. uh, But we do find her grandmother there. It's not her daughter. It's not her sibling. It's her actual grandmother. So it's like another uh, thinner kind of thing where Sylvia Ganoush is younger than this person oh, that shit. opened the door, yeah. Really? Yes. I never knew yes, that. Yes, that's a thing that Stephen King wrote. It's like, oh, like, she's old, but she's not that old. She just looks old. Oh my god, okay. Oh my god, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, so then this grandmother is like, don't lie to me, Christine. How would you help her? Like, she's, she's like, not doing well. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it, it's an interesting scene, knowing that the, that age difference is going on no that's incredible i i had no idea shit and uh this this person picks up like you used to be a real fat girl didn't you yeah Mm. we've heard that before didn't we yes yeah 
Um, but she, you know, he's like, well, if you really think that you can help her, come on in. And that's go down. the Silence of the Lambs reference there. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, come inside if you think you will make everything right. The Romani family are just having some fun. Oh, it's Sylvia's f- funeral. Yes. Which is like an open wake. They're all drinking, gambling, whatever. But yeah. then Christine stumbles upon Sylvia Ganoush and gets some uh, uh, formaldehyde thrown up yeah. in her mouth. And Dad's like, ew. I'm like, mm. No, that's the one that's always stayed with me the most. Even trying to recount really? it that, here. That, that, that has always you stayed with me. You can do that at my though. funeral. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> glug, glug, glug. No, uh, but no. that Drink it up, baby. Seeing that is the uh, is is always the thing that freaked me out probably yeah. the most. Yep. Yeah. And then Sylvia Ganusha's grandmother is like, you had everything coming to you. So bye. Yeah. And Christine's like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, Mr. Potter, no. Uh, but Christine discusses with Ram Josh. She is being followed by the Lamia, a demon who will torment her for three days before dragging her to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, used her button as an element for the curse. Maybe animal sacrifice will help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's some light reading for you. Uh, Christine is still tormented at her home by uh, cloven feet and spooky shadows the next day. Mm-hmm. And... You remember the cloven feet? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a very for you. effectively done scare scene. Again, it was very similar to what the first paranormal activity was trying to do with its demon, which I think was a, a Lamia, because they, I think, summoned it via Ouija board. I don't, mm-hmm. in one of them, they And did. exactly why you shouldn't bring a Ouija board into this house, Dan. But, you know, it, it <laughs> has, like, it If walks, you ever do, you won't be allowed. Like, with the, this he- these heavy footfalls, you hear it, like, open and slam the door. The shadow kind of comes up through the, the thing, and you only see brief glimpses of it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes as, like, a more solid shadow. Other times you get flashes of, like, a physical prop face. Mm-hmm. Um, but very effectively scary all around and this is all happening in broad daylight yes. so it really adds to that sense of like unease and and this person going crazy in the middle of the day i really think this would have scared me as like a child oh yeah but like now i'm fine like yeah. i've seen scarier in my day-to-day life yeah hmm. you, you saw you saw pennywise doing that stupid rotoscope dance i would have loved that yeah yeah that would have took me away for a moment <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, horrors come a long way, but still, this Mm. remains effective, I think. Uh, But at that point, her psychic has revealed that, like, maybe an animal sacrifice might be in order. Mm -hmm. And then we get the unfortunate scene of Christine going, like, here, kitty. Yeah. And we get this poor kitten slaughtered, which is worse, kind of, sort of, in the the director's cut. Mm -hmm. Like, we see her, like, stabbing, um, like inappropriately at like a, a off-screen figure yes and she's splattered with blood to assume that she's killing the cat yes here we just get like the bearing of the cat which i think works a little bit better too yeah and christine seems to think like you know clay comes home and yeah. she's you're covered in blood oh it's just tomato juice dan yeah i don't think tomatoes stain that way they but... don't dan as an italian who often uses tomatoes they don't maybe catsup would but yeah. but a the catsup stain yeah but Christine at least thinks that this animal sacrifice is going to has bought her her freedom from mm-hmm. this curse. Uh, so she is feeling confident and okay enough to go to, to a family dinner. Maybe not the best time in her uh, La La Land dress. Yeah. So. Uh, Christine shows up to the with a homemade cake to this bitchy family. A cake, a farm, mm-hmm. geese. <laughs> yeah, I put down. Well, if we want to get into that symbolism, it's 
extreme discomfort talking about food. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, it's a really rich cake yeah. uh, because we wait until the, the, geese, the geese... like, their eggs mature or whatever. Like, the time yeah. of the year when they're, the gaggle of geese produces the most rich egg yolk. Yep. And, you know, uh, so we assume that this is like an old-timey farm cake with a shitload of egg and butter and, and fruit filling and everything, so it's like... Christine does not like talking about it. Yeah. So uh, I, also, I, their I, cat at their house like hisses at Christine, yeah. and it's named Hecuba, which is like the goddess of death. Yeah, she knows. So it's like <laughs> very interesting. Um, I had a cat once. <laughs> what do you mean you still have a cat? It's like, well, mm-hmm. they come and go, so who knows? Who's to yeah. say if I still have a cat? Uh, Christine is no dumb cookie. She doesn't see much of her mother. Uh, hasn't talked much since Christine's father died. An alcoholic. Yeah. So we get like the whole thing and like. We get, like, a genuine bonding moment, I feel, during Justin Long's parents and her. It's like, like a it's like a hope spot. It's yeah. like, oh, oh, Christine might pull this off and impress the parents, but uh, because... Uh, you have like, a backbone, yeah. so you're able to impress us a little bit. Yes, there. but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, want some cake, Christine? So the cake is served, and Christine's slice has an eyeball <laughs> staring right up yeah. at her. It Chapter 2 said, no, 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 Jessica Chastain said, keep that in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. In chapter two, will be featured in this podcast if we have four hours to set aside. Inevitably, yeah. Yeah. I can give you anything on it, chapter two. Um, but she, so she's, no one's noticing that she's having, like, this moment, but she does stab her cake piece forcibly. So yeah, that the, she's freaking out of this dinner. She's like, ah! And everyone's like, oh, well. So that, like, the strudel pops out mm-hmm. uh, from the eyeball, but the other people don't notice. And she keeps hearing something tapping at a door yeah. off the dining room mm-hmm. in the mansion that they're yeah. in. And yeah. then she coughs up a fly. Coughs up the fly. And the mother is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this cake. She, she associates it with the cake. And yeah, and, you know, so that's shot. Um, but then the knocking drives her a bit crazy. And she's like, I hear you, motherfucker. Stop yeah. knocking. She throws her wine glass at the wall. Yeah. Um, and she apologizes and, and has to leave. Yeah. Uh, the next scene, Ram Joss says there may be one who can help her. Uh, Sean Sandina from the opening scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only have one day left. Christine asks for an advance on her new position, but her big deal has been canceled, giving the job to Stu. Yes, because somehow uh, the folks over at First National Bank got a hold of the McPherson file and are settling that account with... Uh, themselves so christine has nothing to really bolster her promotion so Stu is probably so you need 50 dollars by tomorrow dan i got three days to raise a buck 50 mm-hmm. yeah that's very hard for you but then uh christine is uh throat goaded by sylvia ganoush yes yeah well because she's frantically going through her house trying to find things to sell mm-hmm. um and then she's confronted by the specter of ganoush in, in the attic where she has a precariously hanging anvil yes i was like what is it? this took well, me out originally it, it was it's a garage yeah, but so, yeah. What, you have an anvil hanging in your garage, well, Dan? I, if, if, if it was like an old tiny house, she was using it as like a counterweight to do car No, Dan, where do you have an anvil hanging up? I don't believe that. Well, sir... Who buys an anvil? Sir, as someone who spends most of his time playing Pokemon games, yeah. I do not have an anvil set up. Yeah. But 
Anvils serve a purpose. Yeah, they, but I wouldn't they, use they, them as a counterweight, and I wouldn't have them in my garage attic. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, I keep wanting to say Sylvia Guntry. Ganoush! Ganoush. <laughs> Sylvia Guntry. Maybe she, maybe she set it up before. No, I don't Christine think so. This is the one thing that takes me out of this movie, is this fucking anvil hanging up on the ceiling. No one would have that, Dan. But, uh, you know, so she, she sticks a full elbow-deep <laughs> arm into Christine's mouth, but Christine manages to cut the anvil rope with an ice skate the anvil smashes down upon with a comi- comical S- effect sylvia and yeah, her like eyeballs shoot out <laughs> yeah uh, into her mouth. Uh, yeah. but it was just an illusion um so sylvia uh, uh, christine is able to pack up the things but she is only able to make like thirty five hundred dollars yeah. off of everything and dealing with her trauma that night she's eating a, a vat of turkey hill ice cream yes which is the poor man's ice cream yes so we could see that this movie didn't have a, an amazing budget, but what made be, it back. What would be your go-to ice cream? Cookie dough. Well, brand. I mean, I guess Turkey Hill. Maybe Friendly's if I'm feeling special. I don't have any super special <laughs> ice cream brands. Perhaps Hagen does, but Hagen. Oh, we got money over there at the other <laughs> side of the channel. Excuse me, Mr. Well, Moneybags. Hagen does. Well, when you want to, when you want to enjoy the night, you gotta. Or Briars. all right, Dan. Or Briars. 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 What about Ben and Jerry's? Ben and Jerry's. That's even more expensive than all of them. What it's do you a buy the little ones? Shut up, Dan. You, you don't know what you're talking. Li- you ain't never been poor a day in your life, you Dan. You buy the, the, the little one person no. thing of Ben and Jerry's. No. Shut up. Buy chubby hubby. Shut the- up. Ugh. You did it again, Dan. You revealed your wealth on this podcast. <laughs> ben and Jerry's, as I live and breathe. <laughs> Could you ever? Hey, get out of my house. <laughs> did you bring a Ouija board up in here? Please leave. So she's eating this whole tub of ice cream, and then Dylan has paid the fee for her all $60. Yes, because he... Off screen went to talk to Rom and was like, you know, he. It's a very sweet little scene. She, he's like, you know, when when the night that I fell in love with you, I promised that I would protect you, and you seem to genuinely believe that something is going on here. So if this can help you, then I'll do it. And it's a sweet scene. Yeah. He says that to Christine, not to Rom, <laughs> but he did give the money to Rom off screen. So. Uh, so, so Sean Sandina tells Christine about his previous experiences with the Lamia. Uh, she failed once already, but she will not fail again tonight. Mm-hmm. I need your help, Christine. Yes. Uh, to bring her there. A doorway can open in this house. So they like go to this like old house again. Mm-hmm. This old Hollywood style house. Um, but she will not fail tonight. I need your help, Christine. A doorway can open in this house between our world and the spirit world. And all you have to do is, like, when the spirit comes for me, you have to kill this goat. Yes, and that's a recurring thing through many cultures is the scapegoat. That is literally where we get the scapegoat terminology from. Uh, in a lot of old religions, you would transfer all of the evil spirits or perhaps the sins of the group into a physical goat. And either kill the goat or send it out into the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, so that was... I mean, I love a goat. They're one of my favorite animals. But Yeah. yeah, A little spooky for yeah. my taste, but yeah. Hmm. Um, but, and then we do... Again, another Sam Raimi thing that I like is that this is clearly not the only supernatural thing in this world. Because mm-hmm. when the seance gets started, um, it, we it, they summon 
a few other ghosts, like another... Oh, yeah, the the Haunted Mansion ghosts, as I like to call them. Yeah, like yeah. tropey, yeah. like murder... Ooh, like woman a, defiled! Ah! Like a murdered lady with a bumper shoot, yeah. a, a trumpet player, a whole bunch of other people who kind of, you know, it's like, oh, it's... They're, they're just hangers-on who chill by the door between, yeah. you know, world, like... Uh, Life and death. Yeah. And <laughs> they, the they might pop out. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the ritual is going to be that, that ideally the Lamia will try to possess... Um, the main spiritualist, and then her hand must be placed onto the goat. Yeah, to transfer the spirit. Yeah, and then the goat, the goat must be killed. Yep. Uh, so Lamia arrives, possessing Sandina. Christine pushes Lamia into the goat, uh, which you get, you old bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you whore. Terrifying moment. The goat. I'm not terrifying. Hilarious the, moment. The, the, the goat has like a CGI face, and he yeah. calls her a bitch. Yeah, and everyone besides Christine, well, Christine watches too, but, like, everyone else is, like, suffering. Yes. Which is another moment, it's like, Christine gets off scot-free in this moment. Like, she she doesn't do anything, she just pushes the hand on the goat. She gets a little scared. Yeah, she pushes the hand onto the goat, but then the goat, like, the the servant who's supposed to do the goat killing panics and gets bitten Mm -hmm. instead, and then the Lamia transfers into him. Yeah. So he... You know, his face contorts, he gains levitation abilities, and he starts throwing yeah. Christine around. Uh, Ram Joss gets chaired, and then this ghost goat vomits up the cat corpse. Yes. Whereas, like, you think this would please me? Yeah, so the previous sacrifice was not enough. Yeah, but Sean Sandina drives Lamia away at last, but she also dies in the process. Yes. Yep. And, Chris, like, outside, when the ambulance is, like, taking, um spiritualist away uh christine is like oh i it's so it's so cool to think about she mm-hmm. she waited 40 years to finally defeat this evil spirit yeah. and, and ramja's like no. she didn't defeat anything she just got it rid of it at the seance like, yeah it's still haunting you bitch yeah like you you know t- tonight at midnight the lamia has free reign to come get you so yeah. the only thing left that you can do is gift this Yu-Gi-Oh card <laughs> yeah to someone else <laughs> to someone else yeah. Dan would be like, here, have this Jirachi card. Make it like a formal declaration, but, you know, then the Lamia will go after them instead. Otherwise, you're going to burn in hell forever. Yes. Hmm. Uh, but just, uh, this button is in an envelope, like, mm-hmm. that she puts it in. Like, her button was stolen, mm-hmm. that's the object that they used, I'm gonna put this in the envelope, I'm gonna decide who gets it. Mm-hmm. So then she's riding home with, a um, um, Clay. Justin Long, I was yes. gonna say. Clay. Um, and she's like, blah, 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 like, here's this envelope, whatever, like, I need to get this to someone, but I don't need anyone here specific to get it. Just drop me off, I'm gonna do it on my own. Mm -hmm. But then, she arrives at her destination, she's like, where's my envelope? And of course, Justin Long's car is the dirtiest fucking shit ever. Well, well, someone, they almost hit someone who pops out in a ghost You're going to hell! You're going to hell! And in the process, like, she drops the envelope and it becomes mixed in with all of Justin Long's paperwork. Uh, But she does find... That he keeps in envelopes. Yeah. Very odd. It's his habit. Mm. But she (laughs) she does find it and then takes it with her into this diner by herself. So she's going in this diner, she's getting coffee, she's, like, having, like, the... The, oh my gosh, I forget the name, like the film noir, drinking coffee, Mm -hmm. trying to slur her words, and she's like, get me more coffee or I'll give you something, I'll give you a tip you'll never forget. Yeah. And that was the moment where you questioned, "Hmm, should she have been in more Yeah, I was like, that's a very Jonathan move, but at the same time, that should doom her to hell. But the main thing here is that she's looking around this diner for someone 
the to give can, the button. Yeah. Like, yeah. who would be deserving of that? Like, who could possibly deserve to have that happen? Yeah, she sees a man in an oxygen mask. And she thinks, like, okay, his life is is doesn't have much time left anyway. I'll give it to him. But then, you know, the man's wife walks over, and, and she's, she's like, like, I can't oh, do that I to can't him. do that. But then she calls up Stu. Yes. Yeah, she says, Stu, got some dirt on you. Come on down to this diner. That's it. You got nine minutes. Click. And Stu arrives in a panic. Seeming much more pathetic. Well, no, first we get the most iconic line in the film, like, give me another. Oh, and yeah. she's ordering Sundays. She's ordering ice cream Sundays. <laughs> it's like, Which is a very Dan Jonathan move. Keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a SpongeBob joke. Yeah. Um, but, but she... You sure? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's three Sundays. And yeah, so Stu arrives and he's much more pathetic than previously mm. in the movie. He's like panicking and sniveling and like don't tell my dad like if my dad finds out that i i did some kind of deal between banks he'll kill me like please uh he's like almost crying and and seeing that christine is like i can't give him the button no yeah he's too pathetic well no she doesn't she think no she's like no i won't do that she thinks that at first but then no uh so then she decides to go uh consult with what's his name sean not sean sandina the the one medium guy yeah and it's like can i give this to a dead person yeah because i'm gonna give it to sylvia ganoush Mm -hmm. and then we get the iconic line i'm gonna get some yes or she's driving off to the cemetery yeah, and the, the handkerchief almost stops her. Yeah, the handkerchief is going. It's pouring rain outside. Mm-hmm. Like, every element is against her. It nearly strangles her, but she pulls it out. Mm-hmm. Stan handkerchief is very faithful for Sylvia Ganoush. She finally rips it in half. Yeah. After pulling on it, it, yeah. After she pulls it out of her throat. throat. yeah. Another iconic moment from this. Yeah, but she gets to this grave, she digs it up when no one's bothering her, it's nope. pouring rain, and she finds Sylvia Ganoush's body within the casket that she, like, she bare hands <laughs> this yeah. casket and just pulls off the planks. It's very funny. And... And, you know, she kind of tangles with the corpse for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And rule of threes, I think Sylvia pulls three pieces of hair off of Christine. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then she's like, that's the last time you'll ever get my fucking hair, bitch. And she, you know, raises the envelope to the heavens. And she's like, I, Christine Brown, <laughs> formally give this button to you. Yeah. And then they both get kabonged from the grave. Yeah. <laughs> the gravestone falls off and it's like, dunk. Yeah, the big metal cross falls yeah, and you're in. like, oh, they're both dead, but Christine emerges. Yes. She's like, yes, I did it, arriving from the filth of my my past sins, I'm ready. Uh, she, she, we move to, like, next morning, she, she's showering, getting yeah, it's ready. Yeah, Spider-Man 2, like, dancing scene, it's like, boop, 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 I yeah. did it all. Uh, and over the answering machine, her manager called yeah. and said that, like, Stu had confessed to all of his crimes last night because he was so guilt-ridden. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so the McPherson deal is back on, and she is going to get that promotion when she's back on Monday. And then she denies more food again. Yes. At this point. She's like, oh, no, I'm not hungry. Yes. But she's walking to the train station and she sees this beautiful blue coat. Yes. With, like, this poor office worker, like, this uh, retail worker. Well, yeah, it's, like, a- it's like, I'm just sent up for the day. Like, it's eight o'clock. We don't open till nine. Like, she's like, I need this coat. I'm going on a date with my boyfriend. Yeah. It's the most beautiful coat I've ever seen. I would be... 
Because I've experienced this, Dan. I don't know if you have. You're doing a Liza voice there for a second. Liza with a Z. I gotcha. I gotcha. Liza with a Z coming to this podcast soon. I could do it. You can, yeah. I could do it. Um, but she, she, you know, she buys the coat. And At least I don't say water incorrectly, but and this I could do Liza. This is, of course. <laughs> but she buys the coat, and I guess this is like, uh, because obviously the previous coat had the button ripped off of it, so she's like, oh, this is a fresh start. Yeah. Big trip. A new me. Yeah. And we see, waiting on the platform, Justin Long has an engagement ring. Yeah. Uh, waiting you know, with him as well. I would have taken an onion ring from him, maybe, but not an <laughs> engagement ring. Mm. Um, but yeah, do you want to do you want to explain the iconic final? So Justin Ling proposes. Uh, Justin Long mm-hmm. proposes to her with this ring, and then he's like, "Oh, will you marry me?" And then, I, oh well, uh, you know, I was searching through my car, and I think I found something that belonged to you. Yeah, this button. Yeah, I think <laughs> you got my quarter. <laughs> Christine's like, ah, backing up into the railway. And she backs up. Justin Long's like, no, don't go, Christine. She falls back onto the tracks. As a train she, is approaching. Train is a coming down the, <laughs> down the tracks. But then she gets dragged to fucking hell. She does. Yeah, yeah, all the hands reach out. Her body's disintegrating. It looks very painful, very disturbing. Always scared me about going to hell from this movie. Yes. It's like, I do not want to go that way. I'm sorry about that, but... She's like, oh my god! And Justin Long's like, I'll save you! Reach for me! But mm-hmm. he does he does the bare minimum as the trade is passing over her. And I always, I always, it always occurred to me as, as, you know, like the first time I saw this is like, once again, the demon has like plausible deniability because the look, like the people looking on think that she was just hit by the train, the train. And, and carried off. Mm-hmm. Um, so Justin Long is going to be left like tormented by what he saw happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and then the movie ends. It's not a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, dragged to hell. She, dragged did, me she to hell. did get dragged to hell. That's it. But I, I think it's a fun time. Me like too. it's it's a good debate. But whether Christine is a good character or a bad character, yeah. Um, I think the effects are zany. I love the Looney Tunes sound effects that Sam Raimi incorporated in. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's a competent director, and I I feel like when he does horror, it's always a, a fun time at the theater. It is, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. Yep. Um, but and I'm ple- I I this is one of the most pleasing Sinister Sixes oh, well, we've gotten in a while. You so. lucked out, Dan. Let me tell you, because the other two were not. Uh, but the quarter quell is approaching. Oh, so. that Sinister Selection is approaching, and it will not be a good movie. It will be three hours long. So prepare yourself for six episodes from mm-hmm. now. I have to take the notes. It's fine. Of course. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, before we tease what's coming next, is uh, is there anywhere our audience can reach you? Uh, you can find me, Jonathan Gwykowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and the TikTok. You can follow me at, uh, oh my gosh, Drink and Read JK on the Instagram and my other podcast, including Drink and Read JK and, um, what's the other one? Nightcaps of the Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> well, I'm having a good time. Liza! <laughs> my mother used to perform right there, Dan, in that chair. Uh, at the palace, at the palace. <laughs> uh, but you can uh, i gotcha <laughs> you can follow me at king underscore danis on instagram as well as our jason anime was not a mistake facebook uh Account? oh my god and instagram pages yeah there yeah. you go and next time dan you know it's my birthday two weeks and i mm-hmm. request two things yes we've shortened the month Mm-hmm. It's going to be an masterpiece. It is. Famous movies that you might not have seen. Mm-hmm. They're going to tickle our fancies. 
make us think, make us thunk. Yes. They're going to be great all around. But yeah. you've got the first pick, so give me a tease. It's... Well, okay, so again, Animaster piece has always been we, we bring quality movies from, from a wide range of Asian filmmakers mm-hmm. just to celebrate them. Um... I actually do not wish to tease just yet. Oh. I, I've had, like, a default choice for a while, mm-hmm. but the more I dwell on it, the more I've gotten jazzed up by Drag Me to Hell, the more I'm <laughs> like, something else might occur to me during the week that I can bring instead. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to promise anything yet, um, but I I doubt it'll be anything similar to what you will be bringing. Mm. Um, but I do hope that you will all join us for... A fascinating movie-going experience, nonetheless. Hmm. Mind the gap. Uh, hmm. Okay. I don't know what that means. Tra- like the train. That the fall in the... Uh, Alright, I get it. Yeah. Because it dragged me to hell. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> what? You survived anime was not a mistake spin-off series? The Sinister Six? Well, there's always next time. <laughs> As you wait with bated breath, remember to rate, review, subscribe, where most podcasts are easily found, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and more. Remember boils and goos if you enjoyed the hosting by me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, stand-in Cryptkeeper, and the Igor of my eye, Daniel Ryan. Support us on social media. And last, but certainly not least, remember to reach out to us on Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod on Instagram, or follow Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast on Facebook. This way, we can continue to make our anime-based dreams come true, and your nightmares a reality. Until we meet again, remember to constantly ask yourself, is anime a mistake? We know for certain that any film with the Sinister Six misnomer is destined for depravity.